Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Jesus Christ, our living hope. This morning, our prayer is that as we gather, that we would be filled with fresh hope. As Kim spoke about, that nothing is wasted and that in this place, our faith, our corporate faith together brings about fresh hope. I just feel like God wants to pour out His hope into some situations this morning. Do you feel that? If you need a fresh infusion of hope right now, why don't we just lift up our spirit, lift up our hearts, lift up our situations to God. God, right now we turn our eyes, our attention and our gaze towards You. God, I thank You that You are the author, but also You're the finisher of our faith, Lord. And God, I just ask for a fresh impartation of hope right now, Lord. God, those things that overwhelm us right now, God, whether it's a diagnosis, Lord, whether it's a situation that we can't see the end of, God, I just pray, Lord, that You're in that situation and You bring hope, Father. God, I pray for hope to rise, Lord. God, I thank You, Lord, that we would feel Your closeness and Your presence in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the storm right now, God. And God, that You would be our hope. And God, I thank You, Lord, that You don't leave us or forsake us, but You journey with us through life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Welcome to church again this morning really glad to gather. Pastor Byron and Anne send their love. They're in Townsville today, sunny Townsville. You think it's hot here? Wait till you add about 100% humidity to it. Uh, That's them right now. Um, So they're they're, uh, ministering up there, so they send their love. They'll be back soon. Um, This morning, I want to read for you from the book of James. Any Jameses in the house? There's a last name James over there. I see that, but he's playing it cool. Um, James chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 19, says this. So then, my beloved brethren, how good's the word brethren? I think we should bring it back. Anyone keen? No? Okay, it's dead, apparently. Sorry, Greg. My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness. What an awesome word, another one all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, there's a four-letter word, work, this one will be blessed in what he does. God, I just pray over the word today. God, I just pray over this passage from James. God, I pray, Lord, that as we discuss and as we talk about it this morning, God, that you would illuminate something fresh for everyone that's listening today. God, I thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and living. And God, I just pray, Lord, that this would become like a rima word, no matter the situation or circumstance that we find ourselves in this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So this message I want to do a little bit differently today. I just want to really just discuss 
the scripture. This is not a polished message as such. This is not a three points and a conclusion. I'm sorry for those people that wanted that this morning. I just want to talk about scripture and see what James was talking about and how it relates so prevalently to where I believe that we're at right now. Verse 19 says, so then my beloved brethren, I already joked about this, this means brothers and sisters, those in Christ. James is writing here, he's writing to the Christians and Jews that are displaced because of persecution. So this letter is for the church in his day that are displaced across the whole region for believers saying, hey guys, brothers and sisters, be quick to hear. Who's heard the old saying, two ears, one mouth, use them in that way? I see one hand, thank you. I think we've forgotten the listening side to our faith. I think sometimes we narrow listening down to this, to a message or a person on a platform preaching, but our job as Christians is to be listening to God. Do you know that this isn't, this isn't the old temple system where you have to come here to hear the word of God, where you have to come to this place to hear from God? No, no, no. We all have the ability to hear God in our own lives every single day. Let's be listeners. When was the last time that we actually sat in silence and said, God, what are you saying? Or we opened our word and said, no, 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 God, I'm not just going to rush through this like a quick text so I can tick that off the list, but God, what are you speaking to me today through your word? When was the last time that we made room where we removed the distractions and we actually listened to what God had for our lives? I know for myself, distraction is everywhere. I can't even read my Bible, my phone, or my iPad because distraction is too easy. It's like I'm back to paper, like because it's not going to show me a latest news feed. I'm not going to get a notification or a text message, but I can actually focus on the Word of God and I can listen and have a moment with Him. We do well when we listen to what God says for our lives. Slow to speak. He goes on, James, in, in a couple of chapters later, in chapter 3, to talk about the power of the tongue. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm way too quick to speak. Anyone else? And you know when the words go out and you can't put them back in? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like that toothpaste out of the tube, or it's like, come back. I wish they had a bungee cord and they could bounce straight back into my mouth, but they can't. Sometimes it's like the people we love the most are the ones that cop the worst words from us because they just get the last or the raw end of the stick or what's left over when we're home after a busy day or a busy situation. The next thing he says is be slow to anger. Our world is quick to get anger. Have you noticed? I don't know if I've lived in a more polarizing time than right now. Have you? I haven't. It's like every news headline or every clickbait is literally to get me angry or to get me to, to get my attention, to get me distracted or to get me to take a stand or make an opinion, whether informed or not, about whatever they want me to make a decision about. You see, I love how it says that we're slow to anger. Do you know why? Because that's who our God is. Do you know the most quoted description of God in the Old Testament? Nine times. God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. That's who our God is. So when we're slow to anger, we're not just nice Christians. No, no, no. We're more like Christ than we were before. Let's be slow to get angry. Verse 20, for the wrath or anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. When we act out of anger or frustration, it's not gracious, it's not generous, it's not the good nature of our God. Have you seen how Jesus interacted with people? 
The few times that he got angry was, was those that were trying to keep others from experiencing the trueness of who he was. He, wasn't, he didn't seem to be angry at the sinner or at the, those living in shame or those that missed the mark. No, no, he embraced and loved and led them to a better life. He got angry with the ones that made a system where not everyone could experience him. I make mistakes and I'm thankful that God is slow to anger towards me. Our job is to reciprocate that. It's like sometimes we have all this grace for ourselves, but struggle with the others in our life. Sorry, I forgot to download my sermon. It's like the internet at church. Everyone get off the Wi-Fi, please. I'm like, oh no, this could be bad. It's back. Far out. Talk about freak out moment. I was looking for Alex Rowley. He's like, we need an IT guy, quick. I make mistakes and I'm thankful that God is slow to anger towards me. It's our turn to reciprocate what we have received. Like I said before, sometimes the people we love the most Sometimes my wife, Kim, cops the worst of me because she is there, yet she loves me anyway, and I'm thankful for that. It doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Guys, let's get angry and don't sin. That's what the Bible says, which means we have this idea where we are upset and we're not content with the way things that we are, so we're going to go about and sow our lives to change them moving forward. Therefore, verse 21, therefore lay aside all filthiness. What a word, filthiness. New King James, good on you. Filthiness. What is that movie? It reminds me of, is it You Filthy Animals? What is that? Is that Home Alone or The Mask or something? What is it? Home Alone, nice. Filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. How's the rhymes? Meekness, humility, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. It's the implanted word in the world but not of it. We have a moral compass. Do you know that? It is the Word of God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time that we aligned our values with Him afresh? We said, hey God, not only I was talking about listening prayer before, but also, hey God, just retweak my values. God, am I heading in the right track? Am I focusing on the right things? Sometimes I think we get so caught up in rituals or traditions which is what Jesus was attacking of the day, because remember, they, he, he says multiple times, no, 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 you take the statues and the teachings of man higher than the word of God. We need to be people that seek his guidance and the Holy Spirit's guidance in our life. Let's keep our conscience clean, and let's be listening for that uh-uh of the Spirit inside of us. I believe that even in 2023, there are choices that are good for human flourishing, and there are ones that are destructive. Do you still believe that? I believe that this message of God, that we receive it with meekness, with humility, that says, God, I don't deserve this, but I am thankful for your goodness. God, I'm thankful I'm undeserving. I love how James says here, the implanted word. In John 1, 1, what does it say? In the beginning was the word, and the word was, and was with... (laughs) I'm confusing myself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
So this word that he's talking about is about the indwelling of this word of God in our lives. He has implanted himself in our life. That's why we do a thing called the sinner's prayer. That's how I made a decision for God. I opened my life up and I said, God, come in. I believe that he lives in me. Part of God is in us. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Our God dwells dwells in earthen vessels in us. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Christianity is about hosting. Who's a good host? Have you been to people's house? I'm a really good host. Like, I'm learning to be a better host. It's like, I didn't know that come over for dinner meant you had to come over and then have like snacks before dinner. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Jeez, I didn't know that. Lol. You know when you go to those people and it's just like hospitality is their gift? And it's like, wow, this is amazing. Christianity is about hosting the word of God in our lives. It's about hosting the word of God in our lives. I love how Eugene Peterson puts this. Eugene Peterson is the guy who, who sort of put the message together. He says in James 1.21, So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. He's done it again, Eugene. A salvation garden. Let God, the gardener, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. That was my favorite book of last year, Burning in My Bones. It was the biography of Eugene Peterson. It's a really good book if you ever want to read that. But it, what a cool story, this Salvation Garden. I've actually titled this message Salvation Garden. I want to focus on this idea of Salvation Garden. Salvation is more than a one-time decision. It's a lifelong journey. It's not even a daily decision. It's a every-second decision. It's a, hey, God, what decision right now would lead me more towards you and your kingdom and what would lead me away? Which way do I want to go in this situation, in this circumstance? Let our gardener landscape you. Our salvation is designed to grow and flourish in our lives. It's natural progression from in us to through us. Have you known that things in the right environment, they just grow? Have you, who's ever done any gardening here? Who's good at killing things? Who's good at growing things? You're typically in one of the two categories. There's no real in-between here because we're 2023 and everything's so polarizing. I already told you that. So you're either a gardener or you're not. No, but do we allow this Word of God to take root and grow and flourish in our lives? Do we allow Him to prune to round up, to pull out, to cut down, to replant, to change things, to redesign, to remove, to re-edge, to put new boundaries on what we believe or what we thought, to fertilize some things and remove other things. Because I want this salvation in my life to grow and flourish. And I'm assuming that you are here because you do as well. Because if you just wanted to get your kids babysat for two hours... You could have left and had a date, but you're in the room. 
So I'm assuming we want to grow and flourish in God. It says there, because he is able to save your souls. It's able to save, making a salvation garden of your life. And, and uh, in the New King James, it says, able to save. When we live this way, it saves us. But it's not simply a one day, it's not simply a saving us on the day of our death, but it's a saving us today. Catherine of Siena says this, she says, it's heaven all the way to heaven and it's hell all the way to hell. What does that mean? It means that we start to live now like we will there. That our job is to be that way now, that God has this plan for human flourishing and when we open up our lives and we live his way, it is good for us now and it's good for us then. Is it easy? No. Does he promise that? No. Does life still throw us curveballs? Yes. Does bad things happen to good people? Yes. Does the rain fall on the just and the unjust? Yes. I am sorry. Maybe we wouldn't have done it like that, but in this life we will have trouble. But take heart, he has overcome the world. It's able if we allow it. Do we allow our salvation to take root and grow in our lives? Will, the, will our hardness of heart stop the roots from developing? Will our cares of this life choke it out like the weeds? Will we water it? Will we garden it? Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. When we are hearers, when we are hearers only, we receive this word, but we never act on it. We become like, this is a random self, I don't know what you call it, self-labeled title that I'm giving to it right now, but we become seedy Christians. When we receive this seed of the word of God, and we do nothing with it. We don't plan it. We don't allow it to take root in our lives. It's like you may as well go to Pimpama Bunnings down the road, aisle 28, and just be a pack of seeds on the side there. Because that's what good we are. No, this gospel, this good news of God was supposed to go into our life, take root and grow and flourish. And as, the, as it produces fruit in our life, the fruit contained more seeds that that we give to others in our world that can translate and transform not just us, but those around us. Seriously. Christianity is best put into practice. Practice. Just like seeds. They can sit in that bag on the Bunnings Isle all they want, but unless we create the right environment for it to grow, it will do Nothing. They need to be planted so they can produce according to their potential. Do you know that God's placed his potential within you? Like, if we believe that God is our creator, he knows the way we're wired, he knows the things that we're good at, he knows our talents, our skills, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, and yet he placed some of his word in us, these seeds in us, knowing everything about us. Our job is to allow it to flourish and grow that we would become more like him. It's not appealing to have all the info, but no fruit. Have you ever met someone like that? It's like they have all this knowledge, but no practice. It's like, yeah, you have all the right things to say, but I don't want my life to become like yours. Have you ever met someone like that? Don't look beside you. Don't look behind you. I'm making sure I'm not making eye contact here because I, 
I'm glad there's not a mirror in front of me here. But sometimes we're so quick to give advice, yet we need to apply it ourselves. There is more seed in the fruit if we would be conscious about growing our faith, about developing our relationship with God, fruit is a natural product of a flourishing relationship with God. It's not appealing to have all the info and no fruit. There's no beauty in that. There's no growth in that. There's no shade for others to come and enjoy. There's no green. There's no oasis. It's not someone that people want to be around. No one visits a seed collection. Have you ever noticed? No, no, they visit beautiful gardens that someone had taken the time and the effort to produce something from those seeds. It's when, we off, when others enjoy your presence and seeing what God has done in your life that makes Christianity attractive. It's not just about throwing a pack of seeds at everyone. It's about living a way of Christ now that transforms us and that others want to emulate in their life. Verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Typical man. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to have a joke like that because I'll get myself in trouble. This story reminds me of the splinter in the log parable that Jesus told. Do you remember the one? He says in Matthew 7, 3, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove that speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. If we don't put this into practice, we have no right telling other people how to live. Our first responsibility as followers of Christ is to be a follower of Christ. I know this is so basic. I understand that. But I want to encourage us this year, if 2023, if we're going to grow individually, as a church, as a community, as Christians in our world today, we need to be deliberate about flourishing and becoming more like Christ again. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. I love that. Continues in it. One of the most underrated qualities in our spiritual discipleship or spiritual formation is consistency. It's easy to be passionate when we see things happening. It's easy to be thankful when we have big breakthroughs. But sometimes there's faithfulness and consistency are so underrated, but they are what develop our character persistence develops our character so that we can be more like him. James starts his letter in chapter 1, verse 2 by this. He says, my brethren and my brothers and sisters, count it all joy. Really? Come on, James. You don't live today. You don't live my life. You don't know what I've been through. No, no, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking not a thing. James, martyred for his faith, says, count it all joy, brothers and sisters. Like what? Count it all joy? I said this before, work. 
Uh, it says there, not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Work. I, I know I'm not supposed to say four-letter words in church. I try to save them for elsewhere. That's a joke. <laughs> work. We don't want to do the work, do we? Why is it easier sometimes to do work in other things yet do the work on ourselves? We want to be that guy that tells everyone to get the speck out of their life and we're happy and content with the log in our own life. I'm happy to tell Kim how to live. (laughs) That's a joke as well. (laughs) But we don't have the right if we don't first go, hey, God, show me how to live. God, if there's anything in here that is displeasing of you, point it out. God, show me your way and your truth and your passion. God, I just pray, Lord, over our lives in 2023 that we would be a people that would be concerned about your will and your purpose here now. Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation. Do the work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Our salvation requires work. It requires maintenance. It requires effort. Church, let's do the work so that we can grow in salvation this year. It finishes at the end there. It says, um, but a doer of the work, comma, this one will be blessed in what he does. Do you know, I actually believe that living as a Christian is the most blessed way that we could live our life. Like, I actually think there's a blessing attached to it. My favorite scripture, Psalm 27, 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness in the Lord of the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land here. Not just one day. Like Catherine of Siena said, it's heaven all the way to heaven, it's hell all the way to hell. It's better now to be a Christian now than simply just then. I believe that there is a blessing attached to living his way now. I believe that his way is the best way for me and you to flourish in this life. Like we sung before, our living hope. Do you know what it is like to live a life without hope? Can you remember? Seriously, some of the things that we go through in life, and that's with God. That's with His presence going with us, before us, and through us, and in us. That's with the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. That's with the Counselor, the Holy Spirit. That's with the community of the church. Can you imagine what it would be like without that? There is such a blessing attached to living a life that's a salvation garden for God. I've got a few application points, and then I'll close. In my life... If my life is a salvation garden of God's workmanship, number one, do I value his word? Like, do I value his word? This year, church, for us to grow again, I want to encourage us to revalue his word. We are so blessed to live when we live where we have full access all the time not only to his word, but to deeper revelation, to commentaries, to experience of Christians over the generation. We have so much content. But let us not just breeze over it because there's so much. Let us be hearers and doers of the word. Number two, 
If my life is a salvation garden of God's workmanship, do I listen for and heed his voice? When was the last time, like I said, that we just took some time out? I know life is busy, and it feels like it's only getting busier. But if this is why we're on earth, if this is the reason that we live, if God has given his life for us, the least that we could do is carve out time, make a decision to say, no, 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 God, I'm going to put time aside and I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen for your voice. Solitude and silence. Number three, if my life is a salvation garden of God's workmanship, what areas need to grow? God, what areas in my life need to grow? God, show me those areas that I need to work on. Number four, if my life is a salvation garden of God's workmanship, what areas need to slow? Like, what areas need to, to stop, God? I know as a church, when Pastor Byron and Anne come back and we head into Vision Sunday and all these sorts of things, we're going to be heading as a church into a time of prayer and fasting. That is a brilliant opportunity to slow and to seek God afresh for what's coming in your life. What areas need to slow? Number five, if my life is a salvation garden of God's workmanship, do I need a fresh water? I, um, I recently moved house and I had the privilege of starting from scratch with a lawn. Who has done that before? I know I'm a weirdo, but I, I love this. I got it so level as I could, and then obviously it always subsides and sinks and goes everywhere. So I've top dressed like three or four times in the past four months. Yeah, I know. I know I've got issues. You can pray for me later. But at the start, I had to water my lawn really regularly. So Grange Zoysia, if there's any lawn freaks in here, that's what type of lawn it is. But now I don't water it every day. Do you know why? because it needs a couple of days, because if I just shallow water it all the time, the roots will never go down deep enough to feed itself. It'll just constantly rely on the sprinkler rather than having time to take root that it can withstand a drought, it can withstand a bit of a hard, hot day. I just, as I was praying over this service, I just feel like for some of us, it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a refreshing water of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's okay, because times like that where it feels like we go through a drought or it feels like the ceiling is brass or it feels like God is distant, they allow us to deepen and strengthen our roots so that we can withstand the trial and the pressure in our life. So I'm just going to open the altar. We're going to worship right now, and I'm just going to give us an opportunity to have a fresh water of the Holy Spirit this morning. Jesus said, I am the living water. If you knew who I am and what it was that I had to offer, you would not thirst anymore. So can we stand? I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. And I just believe that God's going to water us afresh this morning. God, this morning, in the room and online, God, we turn our attention and our focus towards you. God, I just lift up those areas that are dry. God, those areas that feel hard, God, those areas where it feels like it's been so long since we've felt your refreshing. God, I pray, Lord, that in this moment you would just pour out your rain, that you would pour out the water of your Holy Spirit, God, that it would soften mindsets, God, that it would break down disappointment.
God, that resentments would be washed away. God, that thoughts of this isn't what I thought it would turn out like, God. This isn't how it was supposed to be. God, I pray, Lord, that in this moment that your water would wash that away, God, and we would have a fresh touch of your spirit in this place. So God, as we find ourselves on the altar this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray for fresh touches. God, I pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit. God, I pray for fresh impartation, Lord, of the water and the nutrients that we need to flourish in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, the team's gonna worship now. And if you'd like a fresh touch of God this morning, I'll open the altar right now. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.